Blog Talk Radio. Hello and welcome to Legal Management Talk, official podcast of the Association of Legal Administrators. Today's session focuses on emotional intelligence. Our guest, Dr. Brandy Stankovic, is an organizational change expert, a senior partner of Mitchell Stankovic & Associates, a global strategic consulting firm, as well as a professor of business at the College of Southern Nevada and a comprehensive exam reviewer at Pepperdine. Welcome, Brandy. Hello. Welcome, uh, all the listeners that are here, and thank you to you, Christina. So it seems like emotional intelligence is an increasingly popular topic when it comes to teams and organizational behavior. Can you define that term and provide some scope for the listeners? Sure, I'd love to. First of all, I'm excited about the opportunity to talk to you about this today, so thank you, and thank you to everybody that's that's listening and hearing this. Emotional intelligence is definitely have having a resurgence in business. It's a topic that comes up in a lot of organizational teams, a lot of organizations taking a look at the culture and, and examining the people, and really emotional intelligence in the basic level is being able to recognize our own as well as other people, the people around us, emotions, feelings, be able to discern between them and and understand what they mean. And really, it's been around for probably 30 years now in a few different senses in in the fact that we were uh, uh, people that are academics or organizational behavior consultants were taking a look at interpersonal relationships and interorganizational uh, culture and what, what does that mean and how do we relate to one another and how do we understand ourselves. And then really in the last probably 10 years, I guess it's been 10 years, seven years for sure, as the economy has been challenged. We have seen a little less of this and really because we all as organizations went into survival mode. And so emotional intelligence is coming back. We're looking at it. We're saying, what is it that we can do to improve it? And in a basic sense, I think that emotional intelligence is broke up into five different categories or parts. The first being self-awareness. So understanding how we can understand our own emotions and what's happening when I get emotional and where does that come from and recognizing the feelings that we have and how long they last in us. The second is self-regulation. So once I'm aware of it, how is it that I'm regulating it and how effectively can I regulate The third is our motivation. What emotions come from being motivated? What are we motivated by? And really, our motivations usually come from some inherent value or caring or emotions that we're feeling. The fourth is empathy, so our ability to relate and feel for other people. And then fifth is our social skills and how our emotions impact our social skills. Because we can all probably relate to the fact that there's been a situation where the next day you go, "Mm, I maybe shouldn't have acted in the direction that I acted, or wow, so-and-so got way out of hand, or didn't maybe wasn't emotional enough. And so I think as human beings, we automatically or inherently relate to one another on this emotional level. Now, I think that sometimes emotions get a bad rap. And and what I mean by that is we think, oh, you know, I'm emotional, thus I cry at commercials and like sappy movies or something. (laughs) And that's just so not the case. It's more about recognizing these 
really normal human behaviors and how it is that it impacts ourselves and our abilities as leaders as well as the people that we lead in our organization. So how does it apply specifically to leaders and organizations? How can they use it as a tool? I think that the first step in emotional intelligence, or really when people will come to me and they say, how is it that I help others? And I say, okay, before we even talk about that, and I think that you and I might even chat about it as well, but before we talk about that, how does it affect me and what can we do as a personal leader or as as a leader? And within self-awareness, you know, and, and in our presentations or in our discussions that we're going to have at some of the conferences coming up. So hope to see all of you that are listening here today there with me. But when we have those discussions, we're going to talk about things like in the self-awareness category, the fact that we have to commit to it. We have to commit to it. We're, we're what I consider to be all day, every day, like, and that's my best ability <laughs> to give that, you know, <laughs> urban urban representation. But it's really an all day, every day thing in that we have to to if if you want to be more emotionally intelligent and more aware then it's about committing to it all the time and recognizing that whether or not we have the capacity for it and the confidence to do something about it if we have it as well as the competence then to 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 take the next steps and really then in the self-regulation piece from a personal leadership standpoint it's knowing that we have a choice between action and results and we've all probably heard of Pavlov and you ring the bell and the, the you know the, the the theory is that we have these conditioned behaviors so the dog was eating and they rang the bell and the dog was eating and then eventually he just salivated just from the the bell ringing and I don't know about anybody that's listening but I salivate just by seeing chips and salsa and things so I know it totally, <laughs> it totally works that's but me in, too <laughs> in in this idea of emotional intelligence but recognizing that there are certain actions or triggers or things that occur in our life that usually then have a certain result that comes from it. And what we need to do as people that want to broaden our emotional intelligence is recognize that we have a choice. We have the ability to then to act differently. And I always say this with my husband and my children um, in that what's the ultimate result here? <laughs> do we want them to actually clean up their toys or do we want to teach them a lesson? Because those are two different approaches. That And yelling at them is not going to get the toys cleaned up. <laughs> you know what I mean? And the same right, goes, definitely. I mean, it's a, silly, it's a silly example, but the same goes for adults uh, that a lot of times the actions that we want emotionally want to engage in aren't the ones that are going to give us the results that we ultimately uh, need. And so from a personal leadership standpoint, it's really being able to regulate ourselves, be aware, and then recognize, you know, like the roles of things like stress or, you know, negotiation techniques or invisible cultures and communication um, paths that happen in the organization that, that impact us. And I think the final piece that I want to kind of just get leave on before before we move forward is that from a personal leadership place we have to be able to recognize the impact it has on our social abilities and our communication style because our awareness and regulation of our own motivations our own emotions are going to impact our ability to be effective in in another person that that sometimes similar to that action result that I was mentioning, uh, sometimes we say things because we want to be heard. We're not saying things to get a certain result. And, and so we have to just recognize that communication needs to be a mechanism for delivering the results that we want to deliver, not necessarily an outlet of our emotions. Or if it is, recognize it might not get the result 
that we want. Does that make sense? It does. I, so, I think a perfect example what? of that is uh, everybody uh, may remember Richard Sherman for the, from the Seahawks, and he had an emotional rant after the Super Bowl a couple years ago, and he got uh-huh. off the field and he makes this game-winning block and he comes off and he says all this stuff, and now people are suddenly going, okay, this guy isn't intelligent or he isn't these things. And really it was just his inability to manage his adrenaline and emotions in the moment. And look at how something so silly can impact you going forward and your ability to be effective with people going forward. So it's it's key to, to our personal leadership development. Definitely. So So once a leader sort of internalizes those skills of self-awareness and self-management, how do they then help develop that in their employees? Um, I think that I still, and when we talk together throughout the year, that we'll break it down again into the five areas, but I think that it go it's, it impacts from all realms of the business. We should be hiring for emotional intelligence. We should be managing our time based upon emotional intelligence. And I think that in the awareness realm, we want to be realistic and realistic, have realistic assessments with our, our staff in that we're not suddenly asking them to be evolved beings or people that are um, at the top of Maslow's hierarchy suddenly, but really as just humans that are different and unique and special and how is it that we can capitalize or utilize their strengths as well as take a look at their 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 challenges or their their challenges or weaknesses as opportunities um i think emotional intelligence in the workplace and leading staff also has to do with clearing what i call quote unquote clutter and that's mm-hmm. internal uh, mind clutter and those emotional like elephants in the room clutter that can can impact something as basic as eye contact um, and starting blank, in a sense, deconstructing, reconstructing, designing, managing, and, and working together with your team to say, okay, if we're all authentic and raw sitting here together, how do we build together for the future? And sometimes that's a lot easier said than done. There are a tremendous amount. I almost like relate it to an ant farm. If you picture, do you remember those ant farms? I don't know if ever, anybody's mm-hmm. old enough listening on the phone, but where they, they dig the little the little pathways and there's all these intersections and pathways throughout and it can be very complex and everybody's brains are similar to that where talking to me I'm going to create my own meaning from all the conversations so the more that you can kind of wipe the slate and and start together new as a team and building relationships is, is really important and emotional intelligence can help do that and I think that the emotional intelligence from the staff also plays into how we motivate them. If we wipe the slate clean, we work together, we're authentic, then understanding and elevating that human capital to say, what is it that you want out of your life? How can I help you achieve that? And how can working at this organization help you achieve that? And how can we continue to be in touch with our emotions and use those in a way that gets things done? Because at the end of the day, we want to get things done. And this isn't about sitting in a circle and seeing Kumbaya and, and you know, just being too in touch with Absolutely. one another. We, I am a results-focused you know, business person, so it's about clearing it out so these speed bumps to our end result you know, don't continue to slow us down. 
you know, there's a lot to be so said to you... chemistry with the team. You know what I mean? Like, I'm sure Definitely. everybody on the phone can relate or on the, listening to the podcast can relate that when you work, when you're with somebody you really like and you have good chemistry with the team, even if it's people you don't really like but the energy's good and you trust each other and you've got each other's back and you get in one of those meetings and you're brainstorming, you get excited and, yeah, let's try this and we'll do this and it builds and that energy and excitement builds and you high-five at the end of it like, yes, we can conquer the world. That is so much more powerful of a meeting of energy, of use of your time than having that elephant in the room, person that you can't stand, not being able to manage or control your emotions, and then finding out, oh, I've got to work with so-and-so, and then it's such heaviness, and you just your every leg and step is, oh, I can't believe I have to do that report or work with that person. So being able Definitely. to get over yourself I think that's something everyone can. I think, yes, I think that's something everyone can relate to. And mm-hmm. so besides... Besides that, just feeling of that energy in the room, how can you really measure emotional intelligence and improvement over time? I think that this is the ultimate question that everybody asks. And on the Internet, there are several tests and inventories to help determine or specifically measure emotional intelligence. Uh, there are so emotional and social competence inventories that will measure things like awareness, adaptability, empathy, how good of a coach or an, an inspiration we are, as well as how good we are at conflict management. But also, I think that that piece is said, the formality piece is said, the best informal way to measure emotional intelligence is first to start inward, just like we talked about, be more aware and perceive our own. Second, to make a commitment to using and understanding emotions, managing emotions to make a difference. And then really... uh, kind of then the action and management that comes from that, verbalizing your feelings, having more empathy, how we resolve conflict. Uh, I think that just little tools, and we're going to talk about these in the sessions, but little tools like how long does it take you to calm down once you've been angered or how accurately can you reflect someone else's feelings back to them? How quickly can you resolve a conflict to go after the results that you want to go after? Because emotions are good, emotions are loving, and emotions can also be bad, like anger or, you know, violence and those kinds of things. So being able to, to use when emotion's good is is the path. And really it's all about the results and getting to the results in an effective way where everybody's on board and engaged in their lives and engaged in what you're offering and the organizational structure and and efficiency is improved. Really, to to wrap it up for you, I think that emotional intelligence is kind of the third prong of your intellect and personality of the organization and can touch so many things from time management to teamwork to overall presentation skills or in really how effectively you're reaching your client or customer or member um, and the trust and communication that you build with them. Well, thank you so much. That brings us to the end of our podcast. Thank you to our guest, Brandy Stankovic, for your expertise. And Brandy will be delivering the keynote sessions about the impact of emotional intelligence in business today at ALA's Business of Law conferences with three dates and locations across the nation this fall. Visit the ALA website at alanet.org for more information. And again, thank you for joining us.